Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special mom in your life. And what better way than with the Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets that are perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their advanced eye care duo brightens, awakens, and firms the skin around your eyes, while the golden glow body trio nourishes and smooths the skin all over. Both sets are packaged in giftable boxes. They're so beautiful you can skip the wrapping. And the best part? For a limited time, you can save up to $46 on Osea's sets. Plus, get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. This Mother's Day, get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. Go to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off site-wide. Good evening, and welcome to those who watch below. Tonight is night two of our Halloween Creepypasta special. We've got another four truly terrifying tales and two more narrators, ready and raring, to give you chills. So without further ado, let's begin. Halloween is by far my favourite time of the year, the one wonderful day where walking around with a mask on is socially acceptable. Masks hold quite a unique place in society. A mask can transform anyone into something else, turn an actor into a character, hide the secret identity of a superhero, or even allow monsters to walk among men. You never know what's behind a mask until it's taken off. But that's the best part of Halloween. No one is going to take off anyone's mask. There's no gang of teenagers with their talking dog there to strip away my disguise and reveal the truth underneath. No. This is reality, and on Halloween, I'm perfectly able to hide in plain sight. Of course, wearing a mask has its own special meaning for me. I'm not an actor, superhero, or even a monster. Not in fictional terms, at least. No, I simply use a mask as a means of entry. Any mask works, really so long as it covers my face. I manage to use a different one every year. All I need to do is walk the streets of my suburban neighbourhood, weave my way through various decorations, and dodge packs of trick-or-treaters, until I hear the familiar blaring of loud music. Like a sailor to a siren at sea, I'm drawn to that music, to the party it emanates from. Yes, this is why Halloween is wonderful. No one seems to ever ask questions at the door to a Halloween party. All I really need to do is knock and wave when the door opens. The mask makes people just assume I'm there for the party. Hell, sometimes people just leave their front doors wide open, allowing even easier access to their home. On Halloween, no one gives a second glance towards a masked man making his way through their midst, which is what makes my hobby oh so fun. They are completely oblivious as I approach their food. They continue to chatter and gossip 
as I add my own special ingredient to their bowl of punch. They continue to dance and play, as I stab small, sharp needles into their chocolates and sweets. It isn't until their first friend drops to the floor, either choking on my poison or coughing up bloody needles, that people start to panic. It's the same every year. As soon as I leave the party and hear the chaos rising behind me, an unstoppable grin forms under my mask. Screams of terror are such a pleasant noise for such a pleasant holiday. On Halloween of 1988, six teenage boys ventured into a tunnel on the local railroad. Only one escaped with his life and a photo which resulted that his innocent venture was a two-year period of unexplained murders which killed off a good 10% of a small town's population. To this day, no one knows the true fate of the 11 boys and reason behind the murders that lasted until the fall of 1990. Except for me. I'm the lone survivor of the six who encountered the Wanderer on the tracks on the dark Halloween of 1988. It was supposed to be a simple dare, nothing to it. Everyone had heard of it. Every Halloween, people head into the tunnel and never come out. We all thought it was bullshit. Then again, we were only 14 and not very well learned in the paranormal. All we expected was some crazy dude in a bedsheet. However, what we found was much worse. And what we did to the outcome 10 times worse than it could have been. I guess the curiosity killed the cat. Really, it's when remembering this story, it was me, John, Andy, George, Bill, and Fred. Explaining our choice of costume is irrelevant. However, let us note that we all brought flashlights and Andy had brought a bucket to collect candy in. Foolish Andy, I remember your death so vividly. It haunts my dreams this very day. And she does too. But not for long. We all had dinner at John's house as it was closest to the tunnel. After that we played some Super Mario Bros on his NES to pass time until it was dark. When it was, we all departed to complete the dare, so foolish she accepted. I carried a Patriot to show everyone what was really in the tunnel. We left when it was considerably dark outside. Most of the dads were parading their 7 year olds up and down the street getting candy before it really got dark. There had recently been some kidnappings in the area, but we didn't expect to meet the suspect, so we thought we would be safe. With each step to the tunnel, it seemed as it got darker, and when we arrived, it was pitch black, and it was pretty much only us and older trick-or-treaters outside. We all stopped in the entrance of a tunnel for a moment, realizing that we may not make it out alive. After waiting one more moment, we hesitantly stepped inside, turning on all of our flashlights. No one really wanted to do this. We felt this more and more as we went deeper into the tunnel. It was a weird though. Usually a tunnel ended around 500 feet, but it seemed this one went on for miles. We went on for what was for, I want to say, another 3,000 feet. That's when we saw it. At the time, we had no idea what it was. If I had a choice, I wish I would never find out is it and what it did. The fuck is that? Bill asked, half whispering to the rest of us. When we saw it looked uh, like a girl had covered herself in the dark paint and makeup and had a plain old nightgown. She was holding what looked like a rod or staff. Her back was facing us. Beats me, Andy shrugged. Hey, he yelled at the thing, throwing a bucket at it. It clanged off the creature and rolled in the right of the track. Suddenly it made a gruesome noise. The world as its head rotated a hundred degrees to stare back at us. I hastily took out my petroid and shot a picture of it. 
I put away the camera and shot a developing picture before putting it inside my pocket. Everyone was frozen in place looking at the creature, seeming paralyzed. Soon the creature lifted the rod and threw it at Andy. It was horrified and amazing. Seeing it through what we knew was a spear such dexterity, as well as doing it backwards. The spear struck Andy in the chest, dead center in the sternum. His ribcage collapsed and blood sprayed in the entry in the exit. His spine snapped and he crumbled to the ground. The blood spattering spear was stuck in the ground a good 40 feet behind us. It was only a moment before we actually thought to run. We didn't even save Andy. I turned my head and saw the creature ripping open his chest, tearing muscle and organs apart as our dying counterpart screamed to his death. It seemed like the creature wanted to separate flesh from bone, is that exactly what it had done? Andy's flesh and innards were scattered around his skeleton in a pool of blood. It was coming for the rest of us now. Bill was the next one caught, excruciating him in the same manner as it did Andy. Then she got George, and then Fred. It was me and John left. The creature was so close, we could feel the petrified breath on our necks. We both head into a demonic gals and screeches, as we just barely escaped the furious grabs for our costumes. We kept on running, even through the latex acid had built up so much in our arms, and our breath was ragged, but we were so damn tired. Soon, we saw the end of the tunnel. Somehow it was morning, which so is logical. But John and I were both happy to see the light of day. Suddenly, I heard a trip and stumble. John had fucking tripped. We were outside of the tunnel, and he tripped. I didn't even need to turn my head to know he was going to get gored and guttered. I ran a safe distance away, behind some trees near my house. His screams echoed throughout the neighborhood and awoke several families, wandering outside to see what was happening. Everyone who outside all saw the creature as it tore apart John. When it was done, I swept its eyes across and shocked citizens of my small town and let everything a terrifying roar that no man or animal could create. It then dashed back inside the tunnel, and everyone ran inside their homes, including me. For two years after that, the people who saw the creature were formed, disemboweled, and skinned in their homes. Some people tried to move, but I heard them say it was like the creature chained here. The creature was holding everyone here, keeping everyone who had been captive in this town. I'm the last surviving person who saw the wanderer on the tracks, and my time is coming soon. How did I last this long? I don't know. I bet it's teasing me, torturing me, making me shit my pants every time I turn a corner. It's taken a hold on my life, and I can no longer function with other people. I can no longer go out in the dark. My windows are always closed, the blinds are always down, the doors are always locked. I've tried to kill myself multiple times, but I can't, it won't let me. Recently I've been hearing the dying screams of my dying friends. I've heard a bucket clanging from outside my window, tapping on the front door at night. It's a sign. It's coming for me soon. Hannah pressed the button on her digital recorder. New World Podcast, number one. October 31st. She shook her head and cleared her throat. throat) Happy Halloween, my new listeners. I started this podcast to let others know you can survive. We are here, and you can find us. The calendar says 12 months to the date since the first outbreak of the virus. Seems like forever ago. I didn't understand how big this thing was at the beginning. I'm sure you didn't either. Like imitating art, or our nightmares, right? 
My parents knew right away we needed to leave. They moved us all to our cabin until things settled down. My little sister whined about leaving, but they said they couldn't have us listening to the gunshots night and day. We escaped, just as the barricades went up, like one of those cop shows. My dad weaved in and out the blockades, and we have the snowball-sized bullet holes in the back of our car to prove how close we came to not leaving. Dead control has managed the hordes that crop up now and then. <laughs> DC has a new meaning now, doesn't it? Not to be confused with the old centre of government, but around here, we haven't seen a horde in two weeks, and DC has done a darn good job no matter what the conspiracy theorists say. Hannah covered the kitchen floor in newspaper and placed everything else on top. Halloween seems to have changed its meaning too. One ritual is still popular though. It goes back hundreds of years, and the first part still makes my stomach churn. Opening the top and scooping the slimy inside out. It has to be cleaned out well or it starts to smell quickly. The pal grew on the newspaper. Hannah's dog find it interesting. Get lost, Jasper. It'll make you sick. She continued. After ten months we returned home. Home is odd somehow. Out of place. Chain sticks getting used to. My school holds classes as usual and stores are open for business. I don't know about where you are. If DC spots a pack of wandering dead, our school goes into lockdown until they pass. Or, if there's enough time, we're dismissed. Home is safer. Stores roll down their gates and wait it out. We made adjustments. And finally, we feel safe letting our guard down just for a bit to have some fun and celebrate, like we used to do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hannah took her sharpie and drew a design. As you've guessed, I'm talking while I'm carving, so bear with me, listeners. This one's tougher than I expected. I gotta work out what I have, and this one limits my options for creativity. Right now, I'm carving the eyes. I love doing the eyes. They're the most expressive. Round and hollow. Now the nose. And the triangle is easy enough. She wiped off the knife and decided what to do with the mouth. The teeth are a cinch, but tedious, and she cut and carved as she recorded. In the ancient times, I was told this ritual would keep away the evil spirits. Now it just keeps away evil. What else has changed? Oh, if someone dies at home, the procedure is to call DC Hotline or fill out the request for a pickup form online. They take care of the disposal and a remembrance service is held at the house. But her neighbour's wife died, and her husband, who shall remain nameless for security reasons, didn't call. We find out, because we heard the growling snarling from his basement window. My dad said he wouldn't call as long as he kept the chains in good order. This neighbour had a pit bull when we were little. Before, my dad said the same thing about the pit bull, 
you can email me and tell me and other listeners what your procedures are. That's if your infrastructure is up. Hannah notched the top as a vent for the candle. She twisted and twisted the top so that it sat on the bottom like puzzle piece. Trick or treating. Now that was fun. Free candy. Dressing up as superheroes. It's too dangerous now to go out. Not so much because of the hordes, but more because of the lone mistress. People have house parties instead. You're one of the lucky ones to be invited. Social eye casting hasn't gone away. Some things haven't changed. Our family was intact when we returned from the cabin. Many families weren't so fortunate. And now whispers that we had some kind of secret cure or unfair immunity keeps us from being included. We just left before it got us. No magic there. Hannah rolled up the newspaper and admired her work. I'm done. Not bad, kiddies. I'll post a picture when it's sitting in front of my house. When the candle is inside, it will glow on our porch and remind others of Halloween's new meaning. Hannah clicked the recorder just as her sister, Tasha, entered the kitchen. Hey, nice. Particularly gruesome this year, Hannah. Hannah smiled and nodded. I have to agree. Tasha struggled with a large orange pumpkin as big as her own head. You're going to give yourself a hernia, Tash. Tasha set it down on the floor and said, How about this time, use a pumpkin? I used to own a small, Halloween-themed shop. It's located downtown in a fairly small city, and unlike many businesses in town after Walmart's arrival, my store never really suffered when it came to customers. Of course, it was only open for the month of October. I sold a lot of unique things that you might find at other novelty stores in big cities, but for cheaper prices. I really didn't do it for profit as much as I did to celebrate the spooky Halloween spirit. I also love to celebrate that spirit by doing my best to scare the crap out of people every Halloween. One particular Halloween, my chosen victim was my buddy Alex. He was a pretty relaxed and calm guy most of the time, so he was the perfect person for the plan I had in mind. First, you should know that I always began packing up my store every Halloween fairly early in the morning as it was unlikely to get customers on the holiday itself. I told Alex that I had much heavier merchandise that year, and could he help moving it all out? Not knowing what he was getting into, he accepted, and I told him to meet me at the shop at ten that night, sharp. As I said, Alex was a relaxed and calm guy most of the time. Unfortunately for him, he had once told me about his irrational fear of clowns, and how he could not function around them. So, naturally, my plan involved dressing up in a clown costume. When he arrived at the shop, I would stand perfectly still like a statue. Once he realised he couldn't find me, he would then call me most likely. But when my phone rang, it would be in the pocket of the apparent clown statue. And when he came over to investigate, I'd give him my best scare. Pretty simple plan, right? 
everything was set in motion. I dressed up and stood near the back of the store, obscured by some boxes and other decorations, and waited for his arrival. A little after ten, Alex entered. It was very dark, and I'd made the last-minute decision to cut the lights before he arrived. He called my name a few times, but of course I didn't respond. I heard him walking round a bit, looking round the shop for me. I could barely hold back laughter. After a bit more shuffling, I heard Alex speak in a defensive tone. Not funny, dude. I looked around, but there was definitely no way he could see me right now, even if I had twitched or anything. I continued to play dumb. Come on, man, he repeated again, sounding angrier this time. That's not funny. Confused, I quietly adjusted a nearby stack of boxes so I could peer through a crack towards his voice. I couldn't make out his shape very well, but I knew for sure he was not looking in my direction. Suddenly, my phone rang. I heard Alex turn toward the sound instantly, and I froze, giddy with excitement that the plan might be working. But as he approached, I realised he wasn't holding his phone, and a wave of disappointment fell over me as I discovered my prank had been ruined by another caller. All right, fine, you got me, I announced shortly after the phone stopped ringing, taking off my mask and stepping out into the open. But Alex's face didn't look relieved. His face twisted in such horror that I have never seen before. He began yelling and spouting panicky words, and I spent a few minutes trying to get him to calm down. He explained to me that when he entered, a man in a clown costume had stared at him and began walking slowly towards him. But, when my phone rang, the man had dashed right out of the store. Alex had no idea that I was actually hiding in the back the whole time. I don't want to think about what could have happened if Alex had shown up late that night, or if my other buddy had never called during the prank. Thanks very much for watching this evening, guys. I hope you enjoyed all the videos. I will be back, funnily enough, tomorrow with another three narrators and four creepy, creepy tales. If you enjoyed today's video, make sure you like, share, comment, and subscribe, and check out the other narrators if you like them. I've put the details down in the description box below. So, until next time, sleep tight. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.